Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, and we are doing Breaches of the Week, and it also happens to be Christmas Eve, which means this is the last Breaches of the Week for 2023, as New Year's Eve Breaches of the Week will be the worst breaches of 2023, so make sure you stick around for that, and there are quite a lot of companies this week that are basically getting coal in their stocking collectively for Christmas, because lord, this was a long, long week. And everybody sued everybody this week. My mini segment on data breaches and class action lawsuits is through the roof this week. But before we begin, as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me a lot of this information. And that would be Jay Dance, Chris Fellon, Kisu Wan, uh, Jacqueline Wolf, Stephen Winters, Giacomo Toretta, and Krish Patel. Guys, thank you very much. And please keep sending these tips my way. You know I'll give you a shout out here. And with that, we're starting in France for the very well-known video game publisher, Ubisoft. Now, if you don't know who they are, they are the makers of the Assassin's Creed series, Far Cry, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six series, and the new Avatar Frontiers of Pandora game as well. Now, Ubisoft is investigating whether it suffered a breach after images of its internal software and developer tools were leaked online. Now, Ubisoft, talking to Bleeping Computer, said that they are investigating this alleged data security incident after security research collective VX Underground shared screenshots of what appears to be their internal services. And so, obviously, that's a big issue. If you're a Ubisoft uh, patron, if you will, you might want to change your password if you've got an account with them. Moving on. Let's talk about Fairfax County Public Schools because an investigation how basically uh, they leaked and shared students' private information with a parent during a fall meeting has concluded. And that's according to Superintendent Michelle Reed in a letter to the impacted families this past Thursday. Now, this external review, which was basically conducted by an external law firm, found that the data breach occurred because the parent had access to an old flash drive that had unredacted files on it, according to basically the school division. Now, this just really underscores the reason why we all need good media protection in our lives. If you're using flash drives, and some people still are, please make sure they're encrypted. If you're reusing flash drives you're giving to somebody else, please make sure you sanitize them. Don't just delete the files. Those are recoverable. Make sure you are overwriting them and destroying the files before you reuse or just simply destroy the drive if you're done with it. So there you go. Your advice on USB flash drives or thumb drives. Moving on. Let's talk about ESO Solutions. This is going to be a third-party data breach because they're a vendor. Now, ESO Solutions has started notifying 2.7 million individuals that their personal and health information was compromised in a ransomware attack. Now, this incident occurred on September 28th and forced the company, which is a data and software provider for emergency responders, hospitals, and state and federal agencies, to basically take their systems offline. Now, of the compromised systems, ESO says... We're talking about patient information, including name, address, phone number, and other sensitive personal information and protected health information, and we're already seeing our first disclosure. What we're seeing is Valley Health System that is, is in and around the Las Vegas area. Their hospitals include Centennial Hills, Desert Springs, Spring Valley, Summerlin, and Valley Hospital. Again, all around Las Vegas or in Las Vegas as well. They're, they are the first, but they won't be the last. Moving on. Let's talk about the United Network for Organ Sharing, or UNOS. Basically, you need a transplant. These are the people that run it. Now, they're saying that they're investigating an error that caused Social Security numbers, dates of birth, and medical procedure information to be released. Now, this comes two years after a government agency issued a report criticizing UNOS's technological capabilities, calling them out of date. If you're out of date in technology, 
you're definitely out of date and security. Now, the breach did not affect the matching or allocation of organs to patients. Eunice oversees, like I said, the entire organ procurement and transportation, transplantation, excuse me, network, which is a collection of 656 procurement organizations and 248 transplant hospitals that transplant kidneys, livers, and other organs throughout the United States. <clears throat> Obviously, it's a huge thing. So if you are on the transplant list waiting for an organ or you've got a family member, uh, heads up to you. And also, good luck. I hope you get that organ soon. Moving on. Let's do my mini segment, basically entitled Everybody's Suing Everybody because nobody knows how to secure it. And if you just secured your stuff, you wouldn't be getting sued. And the title changes every week because I don't 100% know what to call it. But you know what we're talking about here. And first up is Salem Community Hospital and Perry Johnson & Associates. Now, if you've been watching or listening to me uh, for the last couple of months or so on Breaches of the Week, you've heard those names before. Now, a suit filed this week in the District Court in Ohio uh, ledges Salem County Community Hospital and Perry Johnson Associates waited six months to inform people who could have been affected by this breach, obviously leaving patients vulnerable to attacks via things like identity theft. Now, the plaintiffs also argued that the hospital and vendor failed to implement cybersecurity best practices or adequately train their staff, even as the risk of data breach is increasing, is increasing in the healthcare sector. And as somebody that is a certified HIPAA security professional, yes, we are absolutely seeing more. That is one of many different verticals I work in, but it's obviously one that is constantly under attack. <clears throat> Moving on, let's talk about MedStar Mobile Health, just to keep it in healthcare. A settlement has been proposed by the Metropolitan Area EMS Authority, a.k.a. MedStar Mobile Health, to resolve a class action suit that was filed back in uh, basically a while ago because of a 2022 cyber attack and data breach. Now, they're based out of Fort Worth, Texas. And like I said, they're their emergency and non-emergency ambulance operator going by MedStar Mobile. The class action lawsuit. Kather v. Metropolitan Area EMS Authority, DBA, all their DBAs, was filed in Texas District Court in response to the breach that alleged negligence for failing to secure sensitive patient data. The lawsuit also alleged of implied contract, negligence per se, breach of fiduciary duty, public disclosure of private facts, and unjust enrichment as well. So if you've ever used MedStar Mobile for all your ambulance needs, you're going to get paid. Moving on, let's talk about the U.S. law firm Oric Harrington and Sutcliffe, another one I've been talking about over the last few months. They said this past Thursday that they were working out a settlement with class action plaintiffs who said that their personal information was involved in a March 2023 data breach involving some of the firm's client data. Now, Oric, in a court filing in San Francisco Federal Court, said that it reached an agreement in principle to settle four consolidated lawsuits brought on behalf of hundreds of thousands of alleged victims of that breach. The filings did not describe the settlement. Oric said in a statement that it regretted the, quote, inconvenience and distraction that this malicious incident caused, end quote. I'm sure they're not going to be fans of paying, but there you go. So if you use Oric, Harrington, and Sutcliffe, heads up to you. <coughs> Excuse me might be coming down for something which really stinks for christmas anyway moving on virginia mason franciscan health it's a large tacoma washington-based healthcare provider whose 10 area hospitals include the large one saint joseph medical center apparently one of the biggest in tacoma now a lawsuit filed on december 12th in pierce county superior court seeks to be certified as a class action to hold that healthcare provider accountable now it alleged that vmfh did not properly secure sensitive 
information on thousands, including clinical data, patient ID numbers, and health insurance information that was disclosed to unauthorized third parties between May 30 and 31 of this year. So heads up to you uh, if you use Virginia Mason, Franciscan Health, and all of their affiliates. Moving on. Horizon Actuarial Services is basically on the chopping block this week as well because they have a proposed $8.73 million settlement to resolve all claims related to a hacking incident that involved a data breach in 2022 that affected 227,953 individuals. A lawsuit, Sherwood et al. v. Horizon Actual Services, LLC, was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia on behalf of individuals affected by that data breach. And they basically are saying that uh, Horizon failed to implement reasonable and appropriate measures to protect the sensitive data that they had in their storage. Now, Horizon Actual Services has not admitting any wrongdoing yet, but chose to settle the lawsuit to avoid further legal costs and uncertainty of a trial. So there you go. Horizon Actual Services getting you paid. Moving on. Fidelity National Financial. Yes, the big one, because they are in the big four as in terms of title firms and their subsidiary mortgage subservicer, Loan Care, are now facing a class action lawsuit alleging that they were negligent with customer data and that they breached their own contract after the firm was a victim of a cybersecurity attack in late November. The suit was filed this past Tuesday by Tenica Tillis, a loan care servicing client in the U.S. District Court for Central California. The complaint states that Tillis filed the suit, quote, upon information and belief, end quote, that her personally identifiable information had been compromised. And so Fidelity now up for that. Moving on. Capital Healthcare System, which operates uh, hospitals in both Trenton and Hopewell, Hopewell, excuse me, New Jersey, they got hit with a putative class action on behalf of patients whose private information was put at risk in their data breach. Now, this was announced on November 25, or excuse me, November 29th, that their data network was targeted in a cyber attack, according to the lawsuit. Capital Health still has not yet sent notice letters to victims as of a couple of days ago of basically uh, potentially uh, identity theft, according to the suit. It also claims that the failure to properly notify victims of the breach exacerbated their injury by depriving them of the earliest availability to take appropriate measures to protect their private healthcare information and basically take other steps to mitigate the harm caused by the data breach. Now, according to HIPAA law, you are supposed to disclose within 60 days of the breach, which is the standard. But we are seeing more and more lawsuits being filed for much faster, meaning, oh, you got breached 50 days ago. Well, that's you know, almost two months of me not knowing that I should be protecting myself in some way, shape, or form, and here we are. Also, for the record, the entire population should be proactive in, in protecting themselves and to try to mitigate this as best you can when we all inevitably, myself included, get caught up in data breaches. How many Marriott's have I stayed in? <laughs> you know, so here we are. Moving on. Syracuse University, and we're still in the mini segment for the record. We haven't even gone back to breaches. Syracuse University, an agreement to settle a class action against Syracuse filed by current and former students impacted by a 2020 data breach was received uh, with preliminary approval from the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of uh, New York this past Thursday. Now, the complaint alleged the data breach shared sensitive information such as social security numbers for almost 9,800 people. The university says it has plans to improve their security. Class members would be eligible for a reimbursement up to $1,000 for documented losses or up to $10,000 in extraordinary losses if they can prove that they were a victim of identity theft or something like that. So heads up to you, Syracuse University students. Moving on, let's talk about practice max. 
They agreed to a $3 million settlement to resolve claims that they failed to prevent a 2021 data breach compromising patient data. The settlement benefits individuals to whom Practice Max Max sent a data breach notice informing them that their information may have been compromised in a cyber attack that occurred in early 2021 but was not announced until June of 2022. That is in violation of HIPAA compliance. I'm sure they're getting fines as well if they haven't been fined already. Now, according to class action, practice max failed to implement reasonable cybersecurity measures that it could prevent that 2021 data breach that compromised uh, sensitive patient information, including social security information and insurance information as well. So heads up to you, those who use or have anything to do with practice. Practice Max. I don't know why I can't say that today, but those were the lawsuits. If any of them had just spent more money and been more proactive in cybersecurity, they wouldn't be getting sued and I wouldn't be talking about them here on Breaches of the Week. Moving on. Let's go to India and talk about the state-owned telecom operator Bharat Sanchar Nigam. That is BSNL for those that know. Now, allegedly, they suffered a data breach as a threat actor claimed to have critical information pertaining to the company's users. Stolen data apparently includes email addresses, billing details, contact numbers, and other sensitive data uh, besides information about mobile outage records, network details, completed orders, and customer information. (laughs) So if you use the telecom operator in India, BSNL heads up to you. Moving on. Let's head up to the Great White North and talk about Enbridge Gas. They are notifying customers of a data security incident that occurred about seven months ago. Seems kind of long, Canada. Now, quote, this breach has compromised some information from select commercial, industrial, and residential customers. However, no personal information has been compromised. Now, in a letter sent to customers, Marketing and Energy Conservation Director Sarah Vanderpelt said names, service addresses, and account numbers were compromised in a breach on or around May 31st of this year. So if you use Enbridge Gas for all your Canadian gas needs, heads up to you. (laughs) Moving on, back here in the United States, let's talk about St. Vincent's Health. They are the nation's largest non-for-profit health and aged care provider, and they say they sustained a cyber attack with attackers having stolen data from their network, and the hospital basically is urgently investigating this incident. They said they discovered the attack this past Tuesday, And an investigation into what data was stolen is ongoing. It's unclear if this involved patient data. Hopefully it doesn't. St. Vincent's Health obviously being huge. We're going to keep up on that and I'll let you know. Moving on. Wyatt Detention Facility in Plucky, Rhode Island. Now, an investigation is underway after a data breach there at Wyatt Detention Facility exposed certain personal, financial, and medical information for hundreds of people. Now, the Central Falls Facility released a statement Thursday saying it, quote, quickly took steps to minimize the impact, end quote, after the computer systems were infected by a virus on November 2nd. As of right now, the center has identified at least 1,454 detainees, 438 current and former staff members, and 92 outside vendors who were affected. So if you work for work with or have been detained by the Wyatt Detention Center or Detention Facility, excuse me, in Rhode Island, heads up to you. 
Moving on, let's talk about Kimco staffing. On December 19, they filed notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering that an unauthorized actor was able to access basically their network. Now, in this notice, Kimco explained that the incident revolved, involved excuse me, an unauthorized party being able to access sensitive information, <coughs> including names and social security numbers. They are sending out breach notifications as well. So heads up, Kimco staffing employees and prospects. Moving on. Let's head back to India and talk about the Indian Council of Medical Research, or ICMR. This is actually an update. The cyber unit of the Delhi police have arrested four people accused of basically breaching the database of the ICMR. The police have indicated as well that the four accused allegedly sold personal details of Indian citizens on the dark web after managing to get the data leaked from ICMR's database. So heads up to you if you have anything to do with the ICMR, the Indian Council of Medical Research in India. They're making arrests, but your data may still be out there. Moving on. Let's talk about cardiovascular consultants. They're an Arizona-based healthcare provider that have offices in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Scottsdale, and Glendale. They recently reported a data breach to the HHS Office of Civil Rights that involved protected health information for roughly 484,000 individuals on September 9th of this year. Cardiovascular consultants identified suspicious activity in their computer systems. Obviously, they went into emergency response mode, and here we are. <laughs> Apparently, the unauthorized individuals had access to their systems on or before September 27 of this year. And in the review of data potentially taken was names, address, birth dates, emergency contact information, social security, driver's license, state ID, insurance policy, and guarantor information, as well as diagnosis and treatment information, and other information regarding medical or billing records. So <laughs> heads up to you. Basically, if you breathed on cardiovascular consultants, it looks like it might have been stolen. Moving on. I'm going to give you an update, and this is an interesting one, out of New Zealand on the Te Watu Ora COVID-19 database. And any Kiwis out there watching or listening to this, and I do have hands down there, I apologize if I'm butchering the, the pronunciation, because the Te Watu Ora are saying that the threat that has been made, basically a threat against them, have been made on social media. And basically that threat is they're going to release private health information online in connection with the recent COVID-19 uh, vaccination data breach. Now, Te Watu Ora Chief Executive uh, Margie Appa said that the potential release of information breached an order of the Employment Relations Authority have made preventing the publication of COVID-19 vaccination data. So the threat was made on X, aka Twitter, in a post on X by a prominent COVID-19 misinformation spreader, or basically over, uh, uh, information spreader overseas, meaning outside of New Zealand, shows an email directly to the chief executive officer of Te Watu Ora saying, quote, I just completed an analysis by gender, and the results are simply devastating for the COVID-19 vaccine. I was wondering if I can share the results with your epidemiologist who can confirm what I found. That way I can avoid disclosing their names. Otherwise, in order for people to verify the results themselves, I'll have to release the names, which I would like to avoid doing if at all possible. Please let me know uh, which way you would like to proceed. A, have your epidemiologist confirm the analysis so we can keep the names confidential so we can save lives, or B, have me expose the names so that everyone can verify the analysis is correct so that we can save lives. My strong preference is A, but I suspect you prefer option B. If I don't hear from you, I will assume you choose B. Thanks! Exclamation point. 
And so there you go. Obviously, that's basically a false choice statement if you're looking at the potential impact and ramifications of risk. One way or the other, if you're exposing the names, you're committing basically a crime. Stealing the data was a crime to begin with, but if you're having epidemiologists confirm it, there's no guarantee that data won't get out there anyway. That is a false choice, but te watu ora, I'm sorry, this really sucks, and I hope you get through this, and I hope none of that information is released, because quite frankly, as a privacy wonk, I think it's absolutely disgusting what you're going through. Moving on, we have to talk about Keenan and Associates. They're a Torrance, California-based consulting and brokerage firm. They were breached by an unauthorized party between August 21st through the 27th, according to a letter sent to the Attorney General's office, uh, basically of California. The letter states that the company was, quote, the target of a ransomware incident. Now, the data we're talking about here is Social Security and health insurance information, and that was actually confirmed to have been basically taken. So heads up to you. That's obviously not good. We already have our first uh, first declarations of um, parties because Keenan Associates is a vendor and the Santa Clarita Community College District, which includes the very first disclosure of College of the Canyons in California, I'm assuming in Santa Clarita. So heads up to you if you have anything to do with College of the Canyons or go to another community college in the Santa Clarita Community College District. Never a fun moment. Moving on. Prospect Medical Holdings on December 13th, they filed with California after discovering that information provided to the company Humana, yes, the large insurance company, was subject to authorized access. Now, in this notice, Prospect Medical explains that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access customers or consumers' sensitive information, and we're talking social security, address, dates of birth, diagnosis, lab results, medication, treatment information, health insurance information, provider names, and dates of treatment. Now, here's the thing. They sent out letters, but was it Humana that got breached? Was them sending the information Humana considered the breach, or were they breached? And Humana is caught up in this in some way as they're a vendor of Humana. That is not clear to me, but as that comes to fruition, I'll definitely keep up on this one because Humana is one of the largest insurance carriers here in the United States. <clears throat> Moving on, let's head on back to New Jersey and talk about neurosurgeons of New Jersey because on December 4th, they filed a notice of data breach with Health and Human Services. And in this notice, they explain unauthorized attacker had access to an employee's email account. And so we are talking about names, address, social security numbers, health insurance policy numbers, medical record numbers, patient account numbers, medical history, and treatment information. They've sent out letters as well, but I have no idea, uh, you know, how deep that's going to go. But heads up to you, neurosurgeons, excuse me, of New Jersey. Moving on. Let's talk about the Zybion Corporation, X-Y-B-I-O-N, for all your Zybion needs. I'm not sure what they do, but on November 30, they filed with Massachusetts after discovering an unauthorized access, access their systems, unauthorized actor access their systems. Like I said, I think I'm coming down with something. Now, in this notice, Zybion explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumer-sensitive information. We're talking names, dates of birth, social security, driver's license, state ID, passport numbers, financial information, health insurance, medical information, etc., etc. They've sent out letters as well. So heads up to you, Zybion, for all your Zybion, possibly healthcare, not sure, needs. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about Advara. On December 20, they filed with Montana after discovering a recent cybersecurity incident and their network. In this notice, they explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumer-sensitive information. Here, we're talking names and social security numbers. They've sent out letters as well. So heads up, Advara patrons. Moving on. 
VF Corp. Now this is an interesting one because this one is actually the first of its kind. Now let me tell you what I mean by this. On December 18th, VF Corporation filed a notice of data breach with the Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, after discovering that an unauthorized party was able to access their network. Now, why this is unique is this is basically the first major disclosure we have seen on the new data breach rules that the SEC has just put out. And so this is basically the one that's going to vet those rules, and we're going to see how this works. Now, in this notice, VF explained... That the incident revolved and not and involved, excuse me, an unauthorized party being able to steal certain information, including personal data. I do not have a breakdown of that, but here's the thing: VF is an apparel and footwear company based in Denver, Colorado, and they own several brands, including the North Face, Vans, Dickies, Timberland, JanSport, Eastpac, and And One. So they are very visible by their brands, even if you don't know who VF Corporation is. And so we're going to see fallout from all of their subsidiaries and all of their brands at some point as a result of this. So this is going to be a very interesting test for the SEC's new laws. Moving on, let's talk about Zoll Medical. They said a cyber attack may have exposed the personal health information of current and former employees, dependents, and beneficiaries. And I quote, this incident was limited to emails and had no impact on Zoll's medical services, software, or services. And this is according to their press release. The PHI affected by the incident varied by individual and may have included some names, addresses, social security numbers, and protected health information and or health insurance info. So heads up to you. If you use Zoll Medical, I believe they make devices. Moving on, let's talk about Fresno Surgical Hospital. In sunny California on December 21st, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of California after discovering that an unauthorized party was able to access its computer network as a result of this cyber attack. Now, in this notice, they explained that we are talking about uh, full names, address, dates of birth, medical information, and treatment information. They have sent out letters as well. So heads up, Fresno Surgical Hospital patients. Moving on, First American Financial. Yes, one of the big financial institutions here. They said they're working to recover from an unauthorized cyber incident and isolate their systems in a filing with the SEC on the heels of VF. Now, the firm is the second largest, <coughs> excuse me, title insurance provider, and they've taken steps to restore their normal operations, but cannot estimate the time or extent of disruption as of December 21st. So, obviously, this is a huge issue, and they're not sure if it's going to have a material impact or, or not. Now, interestingly enough, this incident comes just a few weeks after they reached a $1 million title settlement with the New York State financial regulators for a massive 2019 breach. And I went back and I looked and I talked about them a few weeks ago in my mini segment. So they just went through this. They just paid out. Here we go again. Not good. I want to give you next an update on the Fred Hunch, Fred Hutch Cancer Center. Now, as a result of them, now we are starting to see disclosures as they are a vendor. And up this week is UW Medicine, the University of Wisconsin Medicine, saying that due to the Fred Hutch Cancer Center breach, they now have to declare a breach as well. We'll see how far this rabbit hole goes, but never a fun thing. And once again, if you are going through cancer and using Fred Hutch, one, good luck with your data, but two, good luck, and hopefully you beat it. Moving on. Let's talk about KLM and Air France. KLM, for the record, is Royal Dutch Airways, for those who don't know. Now, a large amount of personal data belonging to airline passengers who flew on both KLM and Air France 
were not properly secured and somewhat readily available for theft, according to NOS and information technology security researcher Benjamin Brosserma. Now, they've both apparently discovered this, and here we are. Now, the security vulnerability was fixed as soon as basically they contacted the Dutch airline. It was not immediately clear if any passenger's data was actually affected, meaning nobody might have found it. They might have been the first two. No harm, no foul. But the private data that was available just in case was email, telephone, and passport information, so obviously not good. The security researcher also alleged that unauthorized users were also able to edit or delete passport information and relevant data related to travel visas. So obviously not good if you can alter records in some way, shape, or form. But hopefully that is cleaned up. So heads up if you fly KLM or Air France. Moving on, let's talk about Mint Mobile. They disclose a new data breach that exposed the personal information of their customers, including data that can be used to perform uh, SIM swap attacks. Now, Mint Mobile is a virtual network operator. Uh, it's MVNO, and they basically offer budget prepaid mobile plans. <clears throat> if you recall, actor Ryan Reynolds, he played Deadpool and a whole bunch of other stuff, owns that uh, or owns a part of it. He's been their spokesperson with their quirky commercials and all of that. And T-Mobile has proposed buying them for $1.3 billion. So Ryan Reynolds, good to you. Can I borrow a couple of bucks? Now, the company has begun notifying patients our patients, customers, excuse me, I'm just in the healthcare mode. Um, there's so many of them this week. Anyway, they began notifying customers on December 27 via email entitled important information regarding your account, stating that they suffered this incident and that the attackers obtained customer information. And we're talking name, telephone, email address, SIM serial number, and IMEI. So basically that's what's going to allow them to run a SIM swap attack and a brief description of which service plan you have. So there you go. Seems also kind of fitting that they might be sold to T-Mobile who has a data breach like as the wind blows so here we are and finally and this has just been a crazy long week you know I'm sitting here literally on Christmas Eve recording this but here we go first one up is actually Comcast now Xfinity which is uh, basically their cable television and internet division for residential customers not to be confused with Comcast business became the latest victim of Citrix bleed is a vulnerability in Citrix that was allowing attackers simply to get into your Citrix remote system and do what they wanted to do. Now, the U.S. telecom giant, and they are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in the United States, said that the attackers exploited the Citrix bleed vulnerability, had access to their internal systems between October 16th through the 19th, but that the company did not detect the malicious activity until October 25th. By November 16th, Xfinity determined that, quote, information was likely acquired, end quote, by the attackers. And in December, they concluded that this customer data included usernames, hashed passwords, meaning scrambled passwords. Hopefully the hashing is really solid. It's not a basic one like MD5. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, basically an MD5 hash is very easy to crack. So hopefully they're using a more secure version of that. So there you go. Now, it's not immediately clear how the passwords were hashed, as I just said, and basically some weaker stuff can be cracked. I literally just said that as well. I'm reading ahead of my own notes. Now, the company said that an unspecified number of customers uh, were basically um, had access or the attackers had access to uh, contact information, dates of birth, last four digits of social security numbers, and secret questions and answers. The notice did not say how many Xfinity customers may have been impacted. And the spokesperson on Comcast, Joel Shaddle, uh, declined to say when asked by TechCrunch. Now, in a filing with Maine's attorney general, 
Comcast confirmed that almost 35.8 million customers were affected by this breach. Now, Comcast's latest earnings report shows that the company has more than 32 million broadband customers. Remember, these reports are behind the current counts as they keep increasing subscribers. So that suggests that most, if not all, Xfinity customers are basically there. This also underscores the real problem that we have in updating, whether it's Apache Rails that got Equifax breached or Citrix Bleed that got Comcast breached, we need to be updating these things and we have massive 10 out of 10 level vulnerabilities because these things are quickly found and they're quickly exploited and oftentimes it's automated very easily. And so apparently Comcast waited 13 days to actually patch this and that was obviously at least 12 days too late. So make sure when you are running public-facing infrastructure or your business is, when there are updates out there, especially for, especially for critical vulnerabilities, you've got to be on that ASAP. Moving on, let's talk about malicious Google and Twitter ads. They are promoting sites basically containing a cryptocurrency drainer uh, named MS Drainer that has already stolen $59 million U.S., from 63,210 victims over the last nine months. In other words, people are seeing advertisements on Twitter, now X or Google, that are malicious, getting you infected. Now, excuse me, according to the blockchain threat analysis at Scam Sniffer, they discovered over 10,000 phishing websites that were using this drainer from March of 2023 until at least December of uh, December 21 of this year, the date of the publication of where, my, where I'm getting my notes from. They also saw spikes in activity in May, June, and November as well. Now, this drainer is a malicious smart contract, or in this case, a complete phishing suite designed to drain funds from your cryptocurrency wallet without your consent. So users are taken to a legitimate, uh, a, a legitimate appearing phishing website tricked into approving malicious contracts, allowing the drainer to then automatically perform unauthorized transfers and transfer basically all your cryptocurrency to an unknown wallet. And so that obviously is a huge thing. If you are looking for good cryptocurrency advice, don't click on ads, don't use ads, don't do any of that. Do actual research, do actual homework, find qualified and, and reputable platforms to trade cryptocurrency. Coinbase is one of those. There's, there's others as well. So make sure you're not falling for these scams. And if it seems too good to be true, it always is. So those were your breaches of the week. Thank you for bearing with me. Like I said, I think I may be coming down with something, not 100% sure. But to those who celebrate, have a very Merry Christmas. To the rest of you, have happy holidays and all of that. I will see you at the next breaches of the week, which will be the rundown of the worst breaches of 2023. Will Comcast make the list? It just might. We're going to find out together. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks all.